Shout out to my man, Black Rob. True. You know what I mean? Like, whoa. Like, whoa. whoa. Like, whoa. You know what I'm saying? And I fuck with Black Rob. And it's, it's, if, if we knew that he was in the hospital right here at Grady Memorial Hospital, we'd have came through there and gave him a shout out, whatever, and tried to help yeah. him out. True. Uh, yeah. Fuck Puff Daddy. Oh, um, shout out to DMX. Now, Puff's a piece of shit. Oh. But shout out to DMX. Tell you know me how you saying? really feel. Yeah. Hey, now I'm trying to tell him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, you know, I ain't going to tell you what I like to do because motherfuckers said I always be threatening to slap people. So I ain't going <laughs> to slap nobody. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody business. <laughs> But man, anyway, you know listen to Renegade Coach. I am Kalanji John Chang, aka the Riot Start alongside my main man, my main man. Kamal K. Franklin, you know okay. what I'm saying? Who we got in the back? I go by the name of the Ed Doctor. Okay. And of course, transmitting live out your minister server. But okay. guess what? What? what up? No John today. No John. Oh, man. Where you at, B? Where you at? I want to get high. Oh, man. He's a loony. Jai got five on it. Anyway, <laughs> shout out to Jai. Jai couldn't come outside tonight. We still fuck with you, Jai. True. I heard Jai got another podcast coming. We got to talk about it. He damn sure better not he be. He might. In, in fact, you just said that. Okay. We we might be having another podcast, a sports podcast. Oh, really? And tonight, our special topic is all things sports. Yeah. When it comes to like politics and sports. And we're going to have a special guest on who is going to be Jai's co host. What? As long as Jai works out. I don't know what the fuck Jai doing. Yeah. You know okay. what I'm saying? So, our co host, his name is going to be, his name is Josh McCoy. We're going to talk a little bit more about him, but that was just the perfect intro, so I wanted to go there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. I mean, did, did that get approved? Did BPM? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Okay. Talking about, Brother, we, we talking about the inside, the inside oh, shit okay. on, the, on the podcast. My bad. I'm just you, trying you know to figure saying? out what the fuck was going on. <laughs> Gotta go through the democratic system. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> it's only democratic when it's the rise start of TV. Oh, here but we anyway, go. Hello, hello, like, hello. did you vote for that? I didn't vote Violins, for it. Violins, be violins. Yo, it's our second week of the the morning show, the remix morning show. Yes. Dopeness. Going hot. Super dope. Um, that prefix. Yes. Tuesday, yes. Wednesdays, Thursdays, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on yeah. Black Power Media. You know That's what right. I'm saying? That's right. And shout out to all our folks out there checking us out on the remix. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? We get up early in the goddamn morning. You know what I'm saying? You know what Some I'm of saying? us are up anyway. So yeah. You know, Wiping yeah. the cold out our eyes. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to the air doctor doing a lot of work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Shout out to May on the production. Shout true, out to true. Kamal for showing up every goddamn day. Late. Later late. than the goddamn. He late <laughs> like, I gotta he late like dearly, but dearly departed. That's I got to get the babies <laughs> off the school. Y'all got to understand Word. that. Hey, listen, you know man. He been using that shit for 20 years. Nah, for I know his kids. They just graduated from college. <laughs> one is in fucking Yale right now. The other one's in Indonesia studying goddamn Was it Yale? Was it Yale? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that how it always works for right. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, don't man. mind us. So we, and we have a lot of folks who supported us the last couple of weeks. We got some Patreon. Some Can we talk ones. about yeah. the Patreon? That's talk about it. Let's roll with it. Hey, you ready for these names? Let's, Let's do it. Yeah. Watch fuck Big up. up to Shirley Grisby. Shirley Big up to Gabriel D. Zuzum. Big up to... <laughs> <laughs> Keep on going. Keep Big going. up to Yah or... Or Wawa. Whoa. Big up to Jacob Woocher. Big Whoa. up to Amati A. Big up to Davey Crockett. A. Coco. Mika Baraka. Tamara Wilson. Rosemary King. David Silberg. Mark Joseph. LSD. Bob Whoa. Caruso. KF. Obama oh. EO. Bill. 
Claire A. Biko Gray. And Jamal S. And don't forget about James Murray, Kareem, Kimberly, and working people. Big up. Only at Renegade Culture. Can you get your name told the fuck, fuck up? up you know, what you know who you is? That's right. Shout out to my two brothers in the background, both graduates of HBCU. That's right. Oh, yes. Nice. Okay. Yeah. One of them One was of tell, them. teaching us about Claretta Scott King. Claretta. <laughs> Claretta Scott King. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. No, you, you can't fuck up Claretta Scott, na- Claretta Scott I mean, King's name yeah. and not hear that for the rest of your life. I mean, yeah, I don't even understand it. I mean, like, I'm thinking the nigga was saying Clorox. I'm thinking saying Loretta. I'm like, what the fuck going on? He said like, Claretta. And he graduated from the school. It's right, right down the block. Right around the corner from him. Matter of fact, Coretta got them, gave him their first goddamn amount of money. Oh, goddamn. Before, he, before it was defunct. So, you know, oh, you shout know, out it, to Claretta. You know what I'm saying? This is what it is. Oh, it is. And our special <laughs> musical guest tonight is going to be... Lioness. Lioness. Uh, Lioness. Coming artist, get ready to shock the world. Okay. Now, shout out to Lioness, because I just heard she's a new artist. She's dope, you know what I'm saying? But there's some payola going on, because she came through Minister (laughs) Server. You know how he do. (laughs) You know what I mean? The survey cutting part of that check is going to be a misunderstanding. That's what I'm saying. That's right. We're going to be back here on Renegade Culture. Block out. Renegade culture in the yeah. house and we back, back, back. You yes. know what I'm saying? I like how Kamal said it. Kamal said, we in the house and we back. That means that we here, nigga, and we <laughs> left and we came back. We in the house and we back. Shout out to my man, Air Doc. He been working really hard lately and shit. True, true. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Love that brother and shit. But Air Doctor, y'all, you know, you can't see the Air Doctor goddamn shoes, right? Usually the Air Doctor has on some Similids, you know, like similar to Timberlands. But tonight, this young man being the doctor that he is, can I, man, I say, came with some fucking Crocs. Yeah! Some Crocs. And you all now, comfortable. Oh, you put those shits up? Me oh, got them. Now, now, he just took his Stay Crocs off feet, to show us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, I'm see the host. Nigga toes going this way, that way. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga toes cross-eyed. But anyway. Yo, okay, we're going to get our show started. My man's just on the comedy roll and shit I'm like sorry, that. You I'm know sorry, what I'm saying? So our anyway, special guest. We do have a guest. We have a special guest. I was wondering who this big nigga was on oh, like, I go to the bathroom, come back. Somebody's sitting in the chair. Somebody's been sitting in my seat, too. Like, three little bears. All right, shut the fuck up. All okay. right, let's get it started. Okay. Let's get it started. All right, we got my man Joshua M. Joshua McCoy. <laughs> Joshua is a writer, photographer based in East Point, Georgia. His work examines the questions of race, class, race and class and sports and culture. And Joshua is also a member of Community Movement Builders, and he works on cooperative economics and he is a bad brother. So Joshua, thank you. All right. How you doing, Joshua? Good to meet you. Hey, hey, thank you. It's really good to be here. Appreciate it. First of all, congratulations, three years. Yes, sir. Hey. All right. Oh, oh you're uh, an avid listener then. I am. Okay. I am. All right. Yo, this all right. is my favorite podcast. You know, Whoa. I like this guy. Come on, talk about First of all, behind the scenes, we got Minister Serva. Okay. Right. We got the ear doctor. So, uh, you know, this is my people right here. Black Power Media. Yeah, that's right. I, I, like that. I like this guy, man. All right, second man. thing, second thing. Uh-oh. What is this? Uh, episode 110, 100 plus episodes. Sure, sure. Okay. You can do okay. some trivia. 111, but you good. Because yeah. oh, oh, okay. there was, was a lost episode. You didn't know about episode. that. This is actually 110 with it, with the lost episode. Oh, with that episode. That's okay. You was lost, too. Yeah, definitely one of them. We got it. 
<laughs> I can't lie. With all the success, I was expecting craft services. Those, yeah. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, we don't. Yeah, we, we don't. Know, we, we ran out of cheese crackers and pork yeah. <laughs> divorce. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, sure. so yeah, Lucky we got a chair for you to sit there. <laughs> <laughs> nice chair. Get you a beer and a, a goddamn nice seat up in there. Anyway, so yeah, so let's get started with the conversation. You know what I'm saying? So you know, we we haven't done a sports show before. We wanted to dig deep in sort of politics and sports tonight. So the thing we wanted to start off with sort of a general question just around how things are going around political figures in sports and LeBron James who's stepping out there. Some say not enough, some say maybe too much, right? So recently, you know, he deleted a tweet or surrounding the, the, the George Floyd trial. And then earlier last year or later, like, like last year, when the NBA was possibly about to go on strike and he was leading that, he pulled that back because he got a call from Obama, mm -hmm. right? So we know that he's trying to do some stuff, but what's your take around what's happening in NBA around sort of like social justice issues and so forth? Yeah, well, we could start right with the tweet. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that in the tweet that LeBron took back, he's actually reflecting a lot of what a lot of people did um, earlier in the week, because what they were doing is they were saying, oh, look, we didn't know that uh, she had a knife. We didn't know that she was in a fight and this and that and the other. And my question is, why the fuck does that matter? True, right? True. Because we're in a situation where you're saying that there's a situation that makes sense for police to kill someone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She's not here to defend herself. She's not here to tell her side of the story. And so why are we in a position where we're saying, oh, look, well, this is not the perfect victim here. And so that's one of the things that I think that, you know, a lot of times we see celebrities and athletes or what have you where they're reflecting the culture at large. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you start digging into that, when you start going into how they're doing social justice and what have you, well, right here in that Atlanta, you know, we had this uh, super spreader all-star event, mm -hmm. and um, you know, it, it was interesting because HBCU everywhere, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and so, you know, um, I kind of look at it and I say, hey, look, this is interesting that you guys are focusing so much on HBCUs, but it's going, like, money's going to, like, you know, United Negro College Fund, which just so happens to have the first Negro to lead the college fund, you yeah, know? Yeah. So, um, you know, that's pretty interesting because I think you see that there's somewhat of uh, elite capture, so to speak, mm -hmm. or somewhere where, like, like there are people who are speaking up and speaking out, but the most visible people are getting the benefits. The most vi visible people are the ones who are getting the power and the control, mm -hmm. and they're the ones kind of deciding who goes and who does what yeah. and who gets what, you know. Uh, but if you go back to um, to the strike that they had, and I'll, and I'll put the strike in air quotes, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because what happened was, you know, some guys decided, hey, look, we've had enough. They've been playing in a bubble for, you know, eight, nine weeks. They had a situation where, hey, look, you know, it's, it's kind of like I want to get home, you know, and this is not normal when the coronavirus situation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those guys aren't used to being in one place, you know, just for that amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so some guys decided, hey, look, we need to take a break. I think that's absolutely valid. Mm -hmm. But when you start getting to the next level where you say, hey, look, actually, we don't want to play this game, um, you know, I'm not sure that there was an actual plan. And I think that a lot of folks, you know, kind of express that where, you know, there's not a plan there. And, you know, we kind of want to see uh, what we can do to affect uh, change. And so with sports, a lot of times you got these guys that are professional athletes yeah. that are the best that they, you know, in every single level they've been. Little league, middle school, high school, college, these guys are the best of the 
the best. And so there's a little bit of a hero type of mentality. Mm -hmm. And so you have these guys come in and they say, hey, look, whatever I do or whatever I say, I'm helping my people. And there's a difference between LeBron now and LeBron growing up in the projects in Cleveland and Akron, excuse me, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that we have to recognize that difference. And while we appreciate when people lend their names to certain causes, I think especially folks on the ground like organizers and activists, I think you gotta say, hey, look, how can we organize around this issue? Because somebody speaking up and speaking out, eh, it's only doing so much, you know, especially when your sponsors agree and when your league agrees yeah, and says, yeah, yeah. hey, look, you know, what is it that you want? We'll put it on a t-shirt, we'll put it on the court, you know, we'll run some commercials or what have you. So I think there's some things that, you know, probably we should, we could pause and examine, you know? So playing crack is advocate, right? Okay, uh, why would you um, do that? I don't know, but go ahead. But you know, talking about LeBron. All right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I know a lot of people, you know, like you said, you said a lot of people pulled back yep. uh, on the tweets because it was why, why this and why that. Yep. Um, I didn't know she had a knife and I didn't know in the third grade she had a fight with, uh, you know, a little white girl that was, you know, that took her lunch and all that mm -hmm. type shit. You know, um, my question, okay, the responsibility, mm -hmm. because I think that oftentimes, you know, and, and we talked about this on the morning show. Yeah. Oftentimes you have these folks that say, well, this man, he's just an athlete. Mm -hmm. uh, you say this one over here, you know, they're just a, a singer or whatever. And one of the things I pointed out, I said, okay, so if we're in the middle of on a plantation and there's an insurrection, mm -hmm. do you get to say, well, you know, um, you say, okay, boom, we about to go in the fields tonight. We, we about to burn shit up. He's like, no, no, I can't do it tonight. I got a show tonight. Do we have those luxuries? You know what I'm saying? Does LeBron have the luxuries to say, look, I, I, I just dribble a fucking ball? You know what I'm saying? Because of the fact that you get all these people to come along and, and play Captain Savercracker. You know what I'm saying? They say, okay, boom. Well, I, I got to, you know, this, this cop, he was just doing his job, so on and so forth. Why is it that when it's the police and the state, it's just them doing their job, but when it comes to our people being murdered in, in the streets and all that, the athletes and all them, all them, their job is has nothing to do with all liberation. Mm -hmm. Why is that? And I understand that people. Another another point is a lot of folks are talking about. You know, he did a lot of good in the community, so on and so forth. My position on that: we're in the battlefield. Kamal's out there busting down. You know, the enemy. All of a sudden, he said, "Yo, I shot forward, man. I'm about to bounce. I got, I gotta go eat lunch and shit." Right. You understand what I'm saying? The war's not over till the war's over. I don't give a fuck that you built the projects up for somebody, you bought a couple books for a community center, so on and so forth. Where is that responsibility and accountability as African people here in America and abroad? Is it, are you exempt? I mean, uh, uh, exempt. exempt? Exempt? I sound like the ear doctor right now. <laughs> are you exempt? <laughs> you know, right. the fact that, 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 that you're not just an athlete? I mean, what's well, your take I mean, on we, that? we just gotta be honest about, you know, the class interests. Okay. You know, we just got to be honest about that. Right. LeBron is the richest guy in the NBA. Okay. And the people that, you know, he was working with when you're talking to uh, President Obama is you got Chris Paul, you know, who's the um, president of the National Basketball Players Association. Mm -hmm. You know, another guy. Well, I mean, you can't turn on the TV and not see a State Farm commercial with Chris Paul or somebody, mm -hmm. you know. And so I think we have to be honest about, like, you know, where these guys fit on the whole matrix of, like, when, it, when shit goes to shit. Like, where do they stand? You know, so somebody uh, several years back, um, I think when LeBron, uh, before he moved to L.A., they spray painted nigger on, on the side of his um, house or something like that, right? And, you know, we make this whole big thing about like, oh, if this could happen to LeBron, do you, uh, can you imagine? You know, and I'm just thinking, I'm like, didn't LeBron have some cops come to his house to make sure that the perimeter was secure and wasn't everything fixed like that, you know? And so when we're thinking about 
how is this affecting everybody else that's watching, not the guys that are being watched? I think that's where our orientation has to be. It's like, what is affecting the masses of black people? That's where I think our orientation has to be. Now, look, charity is good, and I, th I don't think we should discount anyone's generosity. Oh, no. um, you know, you know, yeah. I kind of gotten a uh, you know a Twitter tiff with uh, Killer Mike on behalf of uh, community movement builders in a way, you know. But I, I never say think we should discount anybody's generosity. But my question is, why do we have to be beholden to generous one percent of Black people that when they decide they want to do something good, for instance, um, oh, we got to get Trump out of office. So we're going to decide to donate millions of dollars in order to mobilize efforts and getting people out. Oh man, there's uh, I need to build a school because our public schools are not good enough and accurate. So LeBron built an I promise school. Like when do we get to the point where we say, why are we beholden to somebody deciding, hey, look, actually, I feel generous today. When are we going to commit to let's change the actual material conditions so that way people can decide for themselves? I think y'all should stop shitting on LeBron at, at a certain point because at least the dude got a school unlike uh, Dr. Umar you can well, see he's doing that and he has used his platform to talk against so, you know for social justice and stuff well my man Marcus Klein who's a guest on this show also has a school Freedom Home Academy he's not a basketball player he's not a doctor mm -hmm. he ain't a fucking professor you know what I'm saying but he decided for himself that in his community as an activist as a freedom fighter it's necessary for us to do something other than sit back and talk about what somebody else is doing or not doing mm -hmm. so my position is it's cool that he has a school but there's a whole lot of people that have a school. This ain't uh, the 1800s and mm -hmm. shit where, you know what I'm saying, Africans could get schools and shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so we don't really acknowledge that shit. I'm glad, and, and as you just stated, you know what I'm saying, it's a wonderful thing that anyone can make an effort. You understand what I'm saying? But see, I weigh, when we talk about the scales of my art and the scales of justice and all that good shit, the action that he's making if I could point out a brother or sister that's a part of an organization or a comrade that's doing the same thing or more, then that's kind of, that really don't impress me. Yeah, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? It really doesn't, especially when um, the schools that you keep talking about with LeBron, it's not a all black school. It's not a, a black ran school. It's a school that's, that's for everyone. It's an American school. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? So that's really fact, not beneficial to my community as a whole. Right. In fact, most of the people on the board there are Caucasian. Look, nothing right. like us. Right. So we're going, let's dig deeper when we come back into what's happening with sports and we're going to go further than LeBron and talk a little bit more about the NBA, the, uh, the NFL, and college football and what's happening in the sports world there. So we come back with a gay culture. Yeah. Yeah. Sad the renegade coaches in the building. You know what I'm saying? We back, you know, all sports all the time when this renegade culture, that's what we talking about. Well, I don't know if it's all sports all the yeah, yeah, time. Yeah. I used to be fucking with sports. <laughs> well, my man is making it easy for me to fuck with sports. Oh, good, good. I, mean, I used to watch sports back in the 80s and shit. These niggas start making too much money and not doing enough for my people and shit. So I said, fuck sports. <laughs> what sports did you watch in 80s? I, I used to watch boxing and football okay. and shit because I'm an aggressive dude. So okay. shit, shit that <laughs> Who really didn't know that? Who don't know that? Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know. 
I had a chip on my shoulder the size of Brooklyn. You had? Pat? Yeah. Right. I mean, right now, too. <laughs> I right do here. like my man. My man is good. I don't like this motherfucker. Oh, now you don't like him. Oh, God <laughs> So getting back, let's anyway. get back to the issue yeah. at hand. So some of this would be dealing with the issue of power. Yeah. Uh, who has power, right? Yeah. And who, who gets to exhibit that power and, and all that kind of good stuff. So you wrote an article recently. Was it made in the magazine again? Uh, Mogulum.com. Okay, and then you okay. were talking about who has power. And so yeah. you brought up a very interesting point. Um, as someone said something around why the conviction happened. So won't you go into yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Michael Wilbar, longtime sportscaster, he's about my father's age, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, they, they kind of had a victory lap or what have you, um, as many people did, around the Derek Chauvin conviction. And one of the things that he said that really stuck out to me was that he believed that because famous athletes decided that they were going to stop playing or, you know, take a knee or what have you, that that's the thing that actually made the Derek Chauvin conviction possible. Ooh. And uh, I think that's complete and utter bullshit. With mm-hmm. all, you know, I love Michael Wilbon, but you got to call a spade a spade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we're in a situation where you're talking about not just the fact that this man was on uh, for damn near nine minutes on this man's neck, that it was actually captured on camera that you're in the midst of a pandemic that you only see once every 100 years that people had just only gotten what was it 1200 dollars at that point Mm -hmm. you know so you got a situation where people are losing their jobs they're losing their family members and what have you and so i think there was a lot more to say than just hey look you know famous basketball players and football players decided that they were going to speak up oh and by the way he threw in a footnote that you know of course the wnba had something to do with it when the wnba probably had the most radical Position. You had women in the WNBA who were literally saying they wanted to fire their boss, who told everybody they should vote for somebody who was not the owner, the, excuse me, the owner, Kelly Loeffler, or former owner, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. was actually the one that they were protesting against. Right. And they said, vote for Raphael Warnock. So I think that, you know, when we start looking at these things, I mean, what is what yeah. is Wilbon talking about? And then about? slightly, Let's, real quick, slightly outside of that is yeah. the fact that there was mass protests of literally hundreds and thousands of people who are coming out, which has always influences sports and the sports world. Yeah, for folks to get more politicized, to open themselves up in culture and sports because the politics is leading the way. Mm -hmm. You mean to tell me that this clown said that a bunch of athletes who took a knee while a pig put his knee on the neck of an African person, they're telling, he's, he's suggesting that that is what got the conviction? You know that's what, what yeah, that's what he's suggesting is that action by elite players across sport, you know, and, and across the world are the things that actually drew enough attention to this case to where there was only one outcome that was possible. See, there's, there's a thin line between politics and ignorance, right? <laughs> See, anyone that has any type of politics understands that when you talk about the move of the artist, it, it's usually the artist and the athlete it's because of the fact of it's because of the climate mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying as chairman fred jr usually points out you know what i'm saying james brown was screaming um i'm um, um, black and i'm proud because of the fact that he was visited by h rap brown right you know what i'm saying marvin gay and a lot of these other artists and athletes um, artists and athletes they had to encounter members of the black panther party you know what i'm saying there's a story that um that they talk about where bobby seal where they had uh uh uh, Tina Turner, I, I can Tina Turner. He's supposed to have been performing doing a benefit for the Black Panther Party. And what happened was, Bobby, I mean, the uh, Black Panthers go to the hotel room, tell Ike that it's performance time. Ike's like, fuck that, if you ain't paying me, I ain't going nowhere. They go back and get Bobby Seale. Bobby Seale go over there and say, listen, man, it's showtime, whatever, so on and so forth. He said, fuck that, we ain't going nowhere, slam the door. 
and Bobby Seale face. Bobby Seale go back and get UEP Newton. UEP Newton go over there and say, listen, get your motherfucking ass on stage <laughs> in the next few minutes or it's going to be a problem. And then he said, and slam another motherfucking door around here. Okay? The, I continue to get on stage. Ike Turner gets up there and says, we're being held hostage by the Black Panther Party. <laughs> the rest of the story goes that the Panthers rush the stage. Tina takes off. The sisters snatch her wig off, but her legs are so long, so they, she got loose. And Ike, he wasn't beating Tina that night. He was the motherfucking Damn. nigga eating the cake. Yeah. So the reality is, the reality of this shit is that's how we have to deal with this whole sports situation. See, the thing is, there's no accountability. accountability. You know what I mean? We give motherfuckers an out. You know what I mean? Like I said, there's no neutrals in war. So when you're in the middle of a fucking battle, Kamal doesn't have the luxury of saying, look, I can't do such and such. When, 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 the, when, when, when you're talking about Israel, you understand what I'm saying? All they want to know is, is, are you supporting Zionist Israel or not? Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the bottom line. And if you're not, then you have a problem with them. You're anti-Semitic. So in this particular case, I like to know, once again, with this sportscaster, because of the fact that everyone should be held accountable. What kind of accountability is it behind him? He can just say what the fuck he want to say and not get a fat lip? Yeah, I think in, in general, that's the argument, right? Is that um, if, if we kind of look at their protracted argument, it's that guys are speaking up. And so, you know, they've even gone back to like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, Muhammad Ali, you know, and I just think it's completely different. You know, you, you're talking about Muhammad Ali who was sentenced to five years, you know, mm -hmm. and though he did serve, like he actually wasn't able to box for three years because nobody would give him a license. So, you know, how can we compare Muhammad Ali's situation where he's dealing with not just anti-black racism, but also anti-communism because he's in, and also against the military because he's saying, I'm not going and fighting in Vietnam uh, compared to LeBron who, you know, out of all the players in the NBA, he's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you right. know, out of all of them, he's going to be okay if the NBA shut down today. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's kind of what we start getting into is where if you use the only the elite um, to, to discuss anything, then we're really not talking about much. Shout out to Kaepernick, you know what I'm saying, because of the fact that when we talk about a lot of these athletes or whatever, yeah, for some reason... Yeah, he's the person that yeah. probably more than anybody set the stage for the modern athletes. For, 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 so. for yeah, yeah. and, and he suffered the most for yeah. a lot of these athletes because it wasn't fashionable yep. when, he, when he set it off. Just like with us, we, we came into this movement when it wasn't fashionable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But the one thing I think that Kaepernick has that these other athletes in the past did not have mm -hmm. was again, you know, he has this outlet of go to go to Nike to yep. still to make some resources, yep. right? right. Yep. So we know he still wants to be in NFL and be a quarterback, but obviously the sacrifice was real because they have basically excluded him white from wash. any, yeah, whitewashed yeah. him from any possibility of playing professional sports yeah. again. So. Yeah, even even with the commissioner coming back and basically saying Kaepernick was right without mentioning his name, mm -hmm. you right. know, and so I think that's interesting. Also, since we've been talking a lot about NBA, you know, I think that we have to talk about Craig Hodges, um, who, mm -hmm. um, you know, during the years of uh, Michael Jordan, you mm -hmm. know, he was there. He was the three-point specialist. And so, you know, rumor, you know, kind of the tale has it that, you know, uh, after the, uh, during the Rodney King situation or whatever, he comes to Jordan and says, hey, look, 
we don't need to play in the finals. And so he was talking to Jordan and he was talking to Magic. And they basically looked at him like, yo, you crazy. crazy yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and so uh, Craig Hodges, though, he ratcheted it up. So he goes and he talks uh, when, when they win the title, because of course they did, right? Um, they go to the White House and they meet uh, George H.W. Bush. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, basically what happens is he shows up in a dashiki, hits like nine, 10 threes in a row, and was like, hey, man, listen, we need to talk about this war. And so, you know, basically that conversation never happened, but he slipped them an eight page, nine page note. And, you know, basically it was one of those things where they were like, yo, who let this man through yeah, the yeah, gates? Yeah, yeah. You know, and basically as it all kind of boils down, Craig Hodges never played again because it was looked at as he was showing up Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. And you don't show up Michael Jordan in the NBA that is a Michael Jordan's league. So a few years later, you have Mahmoud Abdul Raouf. That's right. That's right. Who was like, yo, Right here in Atlanta. Right here in Atlanta. That's right. You know, and so, you know, he's he's a person that says, look, you know, I'm a Muslim, you know, and according to my religion and how I believe and, you know, I live devoutly, I can't be supporting oppression. And so he's like, yo, while y'all engaged in wars and stuff like that, I'm not standing. And so this was before Kaepernick. This is mm -hmm. actually kind of um, what I see as like, you know, kind of the prototype or, you know, the precursor to a Colin Kaepernick kneeling. Yeah, and right. so, you know, what nobody noticed at first, similar to Colin Kaepernick. We had to bring him on the show. We, uh, we, we got to bring him on the show, yes, for sure. Okay, yeah. And so nobody noticed him at first. Um, you know, he would go to the side or he would stretch or something like that. Um, but eventually the media, because of course the media, right, we mm -hmm. found out, hey, look, this dude is a standing. NBA, unlike the NFL, actually had a rule that you must stand. And so basically it came to a compromise after they suspended him for a game. But what happened after that was he was a free agent coming into the next season and nobody would sign him. Now, for people, you know, that were maybe a little bit younger than me or maybe even my age, they might not have seen Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf play. Well, I'm from Denver and he was on the Nuggets when this happened. Okay. <laughs> okay. This man was Steph Curry before Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. And all you got to do is look up YouTube highlights and you can see what he was doing was absolutely unprecedented. He's six foot one doing stuff that you would then see Allen Iverson with a little bit more of a hip hop inspiration come and do. But then now you see Steph Curry where he's pulling up from wherever, where he's taking on big yeah, yeah. dudes, where he's passing and getting the ball back and all that stuff. Some of the same stuff you see Steph Curry, even Phil Jackson said he was Steph Curry before Steph Curry. And he built a school here in Atlanta as well. And he built a school here in Atlanta. There's a lot of guys building schools to That's your right. point. Right. And so, you know, that's something that we got to look at because, you know, the NBA, they get to wear these t-shirts and they get to have these commercials and stuff like that but they never have to reckon with the fact that one of your brothers one of the guys who played and who was in your association and he is in your union you know two of these guys were ostracized and they estimate they lost you know nearly a hundred million dollars between the two of them just because they had certain political stances so it seems like too i mean some of these athletes uh i mean in, in terms of taking the sort of the opposite uh, approach or another approach to it. I mean, these are folks who like they trained their whole life to be these these sports heroes, and then politics kind of hits them. And some of them act in a way that we can respect, and if, even if they don't go as far as we want them to go. But some of them don't do anything. Now you have the people like the Michael Jordans who actually sit out at all kind of politics and just say like you know Republicans buy sneakers too or whatever like that. So you have this dichotomy that seems to be happening in the sports world that doesn't start at the professional level, but actually works its way down in terms of 
all the things that people believe they're going to get in terms of these accolades of being these sports heroes. So when we come back, we want to start talking a little bit about college football and college ball, particularly mm-hmm. around folks not getting paid, mm-hmm. and the idea about what's happening around HBCUs in terms of black students, potentially black college athletes, potentially making a return to HBCUs to help those programs as opposed to going to mostly majority white schools. So we're going to come back and talk about that on Medicaid Culture. Blah. What up, man? Renegade coaches in the building. You know what I'm saying? Having all sports all the time. Yeah, it's, it's been a it's been a busy day and shit. We, yeah. In the beginning of the day, we was hanging up, hanging with the Wu Tang of morning shows. You know Wu-Tang what I'm saying? That is BPM ain't nothing to fuck with. True. We was on the remix earlier. Well, yep, yep. And now we doing Renegade Coach all in the same damn day. Yo, shout out to all our viewers. A lot of media, B. A lot yeah, of media shit. Sports and politics. Sports and politics. Sports and bullshit. There's a lot of bullshit in sports and politics. There is a lot of bullshit in sports. A whole lot of bullshit. And speaking of bullshit, speaking yeah. of power, right? Yeah. yeah. And going to college sports and who has the power. Yeah. So athletes have for years been trying to figure out whether or not people have been talking about the issue, whether or not athletes should get paid doing uh, their amateur career as, as sort of sporting athletes who bring literally millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars to these institutions. And so recently it been, there's been some breakthroughs in that. So can you talk a little bit about what's been happening and then just give a little bit of an analysis of if it's going far enough? Yeah, so I think what we're seeing is the NCAA in its last days basically trying to figure out how do we hold control. So you see that when you have a coach like Roy Williams retires from, you know, University of North Carolina, and you see a situation where he's basically not able to control labor anymore, right? Where these guys, not only do they have outlets such as the G League, not only do they have the opportunity to be able to transfer to other schools, like, you know, they just might go play, um, you know, like LaMelo Ball, go out of the country and play, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. And so, when you have a situation where these old white men can't control these young black athletes anymore, black men and black women, then you have a situation where it's like, well, what the fuck is the point anyway, mm-hmm. right? And so, and I think that's what we have to look at. And it's not even just that they that they deliver millions and actually billions of dollars to these institutions, especially through football and basketball. I think we also have to look at the fact that it's a full-time job, right? So when I was in school, I did not play on the uh, sports teams, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I did not play in intercollegiate sports, and but what I did is I had friends that played, you know. So there, not only is it games, you're talking about practice, you know. All Allen Iverson jokes, right. welcome, right? Mm-hmm. And so then you got a situation where they're committing another 30, 40 hours outside of coursework. Now, if you're supposed to spend supposedly three hours studying for every one credit hour, and some of these folks have 12 to 18 hours, you do the math. Mm -hmm. Where do they have time to study? And so when you say, hey, look, we're giving you a scholarship, which means that you'll be able to position yourself to have a job, whether you go professional sports or not, then tell me where the actual benefit is, Mm -hmm. you know? Or are you just giving them a piece of paper? Or, you know, a lot of guys don't even actually make it to get that piece of paper. And I think that we gotta look at the reality of things, you know? Yeah, uh, you know it's uh, first of all shout out to John Thompson, you know shout what I'm out, saying. Um, he lost, lost a, a few different uh, uh, basketball uh, NCAA basketball coach legends yes. last year. Who, who else we uh, lost was that? Uh, what's my man name? I got his face in my in my in my head right now. We lost two back to back. John Thompson and uh, the guy for the UNLV, Cheney. Cheney. Uh, Cheney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't, John, I can't, Cheney. John Cheney. 
two Johns. Yeah, you know what two, I'm saying. Two of the greatest coaches of all time. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And and, 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 and I, I was a fan of college ball back in the eighties. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You had Duke. Boy, your paranoia. Yeah, you had Duke. You had Villanova. You know what I'm saying? UConn, a number of other different people that was really doing their thing back then. But even, I mean, like now, it just became like the whole business of sports from from the college level and really from the high school level because of the fact that I have a nephew that's playing high school football and it's like shit. I mean, they're on him on a national level right now. So they start hey, you young with that shit. Too. They, 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 start, they start very young. And yeah. So, you know, they, you get into a situation where uh, you can have kids as young as sixth grade, mm. right? Where, you know, they're getting paid a little something. You know, they're getting a situation. I am pro athletes getting paid at any age and at any level. No problem. But I think that what we have is a situation where it's predatory. You know, and so everybody is basically trying to win, trying to build up their program. Uh, a lot of these programs get money from the shoe sponsors and the uh, and apparel. And so I think we have a situation to where we're not in control of what's happening with the kids. And we're just kind of relinquishing that control to see hopefully they win the lottery, basically. But is that plantation politics? Is that, you know, uh, the plantation as usual? You know what I'm saying? Because of the fact that these these uh, young brothers and sisters are being sold to the highest bidder mm-hmm. in every particular genre of sports. I'm talking about everything from tennis to uh, uh, wherever black folks excel, which is damn near in every sport, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how, how do, I mean, is there a way to combat it or is it just, I mean, I, I'm looking at this shit from a, 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 a holistic level. And when you really look at this shit on every level you can, you will see, you'll find that we are being pimped and prostituted you understand what I'm saying? On every fucking level, no matter what it is, if you have any type of skill set here in America, especially if you're in an entertainment business, you know what I'm saying? You are, you are a slave. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I don't even know if we can, we can even assist people in seeing it. This is just how it's going to be. You know what I mean? But again, it goes back when you look at it, it's like, okay, when we talk about responsibility to these folks and they've been shipped down the food chain, down this line, from grade school to now, it's almost like, damn, well, do I blame this motherfucker who? Well, because yeah, that's the system, right? That's the system they know. They know the system of they're the athlete and their job is to perform. And if they perform, they're going to get the rewards of all the money and the cars or whatever else comes with it. And it's like they don't, you know, they're not thinking out the box. I mean, so it's I, like I activism. Know. Right so now. It, can, it can be, yeah, yeah. It's like money cars. Yeah, you know? kind of, yeah. yeah. Hey, so, do you, I mean, so I mean, on that note, it, you know, and this is this is similar, but not the same thing. So, there's now this idea. I think uh, Jamila Hill, Jamil Hill, wrote an article around in uh, trying to see whether or not she could persuade, or more folks could persuade, high school athletes, black athletes, to go to HBCUs because by that way they would build up. The, the, the black schools, which are not always necessarily at the most revolutionary schools, but at least they're black institutions. And that would pour money into those institutions, which again, which teach more black students, more, have more possible uh, resources for the larger black community that those schools are in. So what do you think about that idea? Or is there any moves towards that? We spoke a little bit earlier that that used to be the channel anyway for black folks to get into p- professional well, sports. Walter Payton, yeah. Jerry Rice. Uh, I went to Alabama A&M University. Shout out to the Bulldogs. Got to say that on camera. Okay. You know, so, you know, we have people like John Stallworth, NFL Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Famer, uh, Robert Mathis, uh, you know, uh, NBA ch- uh, NFL champion, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so you've had guys come up through these systems 
to answer your question, I think that what we have to do is we do have to think collectively in a way to say, hey, look, how are we building up our own programs? I also want to make a caveat, though. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that we're looking at this as not something that's revolutionary. And I think that's what a lot of people are pre presenting. Hey, look, if we do this, then we can change the system and put it, put it on its head. It's like, well, are these colleges a member of the NCAA? You know, so do you still have a labor issue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Do you still have an issue where in in general in college where you're still separating people? What you say is who's the good and who's the bad Negro? Yes. Do you have a situation where our colleges are also, um, you know, kind of lacking as far as in the arts and in the culture? We're trying to send everybody to be an engineer you know, send everybody to be in business and not even to be in business for themselves to mm -hmm. to be, uh, you know, working towards your NBA or something mm -hmm. like that. And so I think that we have to be real with ourselves where there are steps that we can take that will benefit some of us. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's even more than a few. But if we're talking about benefiting all of us, what does that look like? So to get to your point um, also that you made earlier, I think what we have is a situation to where we have to stop outsourcing what we need to do to celebrities, to politicians, to shoe brands that'll come in and dump some money into our programs. What we need to do is we actually need to evaluate and criticize ourselves for where are we in this whole platform. Mm -hmm. If kids want to play college football and we're sending, up, sending them through this pipeline, where are the people who are organizers? Where are the people who care about the material conditions of these kids and where they come from? And are you there to be able to put your arm around them and to be able to show them a certain way if you believe hey look this is the right way to go about things like who is telling them that because right now it's a viper pit i can i can answer where they are they're spread out too thin mm -hmm. because i think the thing is you know you know what they say you can't be uh everywhere at once yep i think that uh you know in theory it would be great if we can have we had troops that can go into the institution uh all types of different on all types of different levels it's, it's, it's not realistic because of the fact that even with us um just as organizers here in the community you know what i mean you have so many people that lack politics that call themselves organized yep. mm -hmm. you understand what i'm saying so the fact that there's a lack of political education as a whole it's almost virtually impossible that we would have those people now there are we do run into folks in institutions or whatever who enlighten, enlighten us and who, who spread politics. Everybody got a story about some teacher, some professor, whatever, who put them on to, to what was right. But for the most part, if we if we were to be honest with ourselves, even with HBCUs, I mean, just here in Atlanta alone, I mean, you might have one black H, one HBCU that's actually uh, 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 started by an African. <laughs> And or, black and or doing anything for the community these yeah. days. Absolutely. Other than actually some of them participate in gentrification themselves. Absolutely. These big institutions, they buy up land, they mm -hmm. buy up property, they make more dorms for the students. And then they, they roughshod over old communities that were stable communities, working class poor communities. And those communities get wiped out and those folks get pushed away. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you brought something up too. Like, and so the, the counterforce, right, mm -hmm. in, in sports <coughs> these days too, where you have this more conservative voice, particularly amongst some sportscasters, that are not talking radical revolutionary politics in terms of trying to get that in their ear, but instead they tell them, oh, cut that shit out, don't talk about that because it's all about the money, and I don't think you're sincere anyway. One of the biggest, I would say, sort of what I call counter-revolutionary sportscasters right now, you call it like Stephen A., then you also have, what's this uh, other Jason book? Whitlock. Jason right. Whitlock and stuff yeah. like that. What do you think their role is in this whole mess right Everybody's now? Everybody's role is to get money. 
Yeah. And I think that we have to recognize that, right? No you know, this it's a performance. And a lot of times, I think, we get caught up in the, okay, well, this person said this, well, this person said that. Well, let's roll back the tapes. Last night, we had uh, President Joe Biden come and do an address to a joint session of Congress, right? So then you have Tim Scott roll out. What was his, what was his purpose, mm -hmm. right? That's a Jason Whitlock. So when this guy mm -hmm. says there's no racism in America, then you're like, oh, okay. Or no, excuse me, America is not racist. You're like, oh, okay, he's serving his role. What complicates things is when people like Kamala Harris come out and say that basically the same thing. And so that's kind of a Stephen A. Smith type of situation. Mm -hmm. And so when we're looking at sports, I think we have the um, tendency to compartmentalize things and to say sports is over here. And in some way, because these guys make so much money, um, especially when you're talking about NFL and NBA, uh, because they're so prominent and they get a lot of airtime, we treat them as separate the same way we do black celebrities uh, in, in other aspects when you're talking about arts and entertainment. We treat them as separate, but I think we have to start analyzing things where we're looking at a part of the whole. To your point about organizers being spread thin, I 100% agree with you. I think what I was getting to was not say what I would say real organizers like you brothers. I'm talking about the people that are getting the foundation grants, that are calling themselves organizers, that are putting activists in their LinkedIn profiles, which is just mind blowing to me, mm -hmm. where people are like, yo, I'm an activist, yo, it's look at career. me. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a career. And right. so when I've got three or four different organizations knocking on my door telling me to vote for, Joe, vote for Joe Biden, I'm like, hey, look, where are these people who are paid, who actually have some kind of salary, who have some kind of footprint, um, where are are they in you know kind of affecting these issues that we care about because obviously we care about sports we're talking about it right now mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, actually i don't care about sports i'm just here because kamal said this topic we're going to be talking about <laughs> mr grinch <laughs> my, my, my guy didn't show up sing, sing, sing the song Let's he's a mean one, one. mr grinch <laughs> hey yo but i gotta say big up to shannon sharp he is yep. one brother that's out there he's doing it you know what i mean he's representing us as a, a people I mean, he's the most free black man on television sports easily. Okay. I would, well, I would say that. And um, shout yeah. out to Shannon Sharp, also two-time champion with the Denver Broncos. He's actually, you know, won a third one with the Ravens. But, you know, we'll put that to this the side. This is Denver connection you trying yes, to call? Yes, oh yes, yes, absolutely. It. All, all things all the Denver great, Nuggets. All the great guys. And since we shouting out athletes, Shout out to O.J. Simpson. Only nigga I know. He brought black people together. That's just put it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big up to the Jones. To him and Rodney King. Minister Server, I guess to your point, you know, O.J.'s kind of got to be the freest black man. O.J., man. Then he got Cochran and said, if it don't fit, you must be quit. On that note, <laughs> yo, brother Josh, we want to hey, thank you so hey, much for coming on, man. man. Great. No doubt, no doubt. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, look out for Joshua. Some big things going to be coming for him. Again, he's a sports writer, an organizer, an activist, uh, all-around good brother, and maybe a future podcast person if we have our way. So thank okay. y'all for joining us on Renegade Culture. Uh, coming up next. Blackout. It's COVID, brother. I'm not shaking your hand. Oh. Uh, <laughs> coming up next. Oh, shit, you got COVID. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, 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 shit. Shut up. After this break, we'll come back with our musical guest, Lioness. Lioness. 
Yo, what up, Kamal? Yo, what's going on? We back, you know what I'm saying? After another great show. Another great show. Of course it's and great. Then, of course, because uh, we here, right? Renegade culture. Renegade R- culture. RC. Yeah, no R- relation to BC. No relation? No relation? Anyway. We'll fill the audience in on that in a second. Shout out to my man BC, though. Well, we got know. a special musical guest here. Okay. Our sister Lioness. Lioness. You got to put that extra S. And S stand for I slap them. Anybody disrespect my shit. That's right. How you doing today, Lionel? I'm good. How y'all doing? We doing good. We doing real good. good. Before we get started, we wanted to read the bio. My man, Minister, what's kicking? Okay. The, yeah, the, yo, the let background. Me, let me give y'all a rundown on Lioness. Born in Emporia, VA. Ooh. She's the oldest of three siblings, and she's the mother of a young son. So you know what? Oh. A lioness has a son. She got a cut. Yeah, she got a cut. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now she also personifies the quiet quality of a lioness in her day-to-day life and music. Her music is influenced by the golden era, and yet the energy. Is, is, is proclaimed as a true student, resonates with the young people right now. She's a millennial, uh-huh, so of course she's uh-huh. bringing that noise. Once again, give it up for Lioness. Lioness, the millennial. Okay. Okay, so Lioness, right? Uh, what inspired you? I mean, you told us about who your musical influences are, but wh- when did you get into music? Did you just like fall into it one day, singing in the kitchen or in the shower? Just- <laughs> no, I can't say that. Honestly, I've been in the music for a long time. Uh, my family is heavy in the music industry and, you know, all musically gifted. So I've been writing for a long time. Me and my cousin, um, Aji, we've been writing little stuff. She would. We were floetry before floetry. That's what we uh, like to say. Okay. Uh, she would sing, I would rap. So I stayed on punishment a lot. So I used to come up with creative ways to try to impress my parents mm-hmm. and come up with different stuff, how to like write stories and different things like that. So then I found out I had a musical gift. I, I kept it to myself. I didn't really want to put it out there. So time went on, time went on. I kept writing and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And there was a situation I was going through so I was like, the only way I'm going to be able to express to this person because they were into music too, they rapped as well. It's like the only way I'm going to be able to get my feelings out is if I write a song. So BC sent me something to try to get my ear on it, and I wrote to it, and I sent it to the person. And he was like, yo, that's dope. So I sent it to BC, and then that's got to let you go to beauty, and that's when that turned into that. And we've been going since COVID. So I've been really writing and putting my stuff out there yeah. since probably about March or April of 2020. Okay, so you, you used to write your way out of them punishments. Yeah, yeah, I had to finesse my way out of there because okay. I stayed on punishment. I wish I'd have thought about that because back in the day, if I'd have thought about how to write my way out of ass whooping for my pops, it would have been worse. Now I wasn't writing right. my way out of no whoopings. Oh, you went right your way there? No, 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 yeah, no. Like, no baby, that sounds so good. Come no, here, no. bring that belt over. <laughs> right, no, not out of no whoopings. Right? Okay, all right. So now you start doing live performances and all that kind of stuff? No, my first live performance is going to be on May 16th. That's for oh, wow. the Hip Hop Appreciation Week yes. coming up, right? That's correct. Wow. You excited okay. about that? Yes, very excited. So you brand new in the game, relatively speaking. Very. And you made it to Renegade Culture. Yep. Man, payola? What's, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find out. Right? <laughs> every, every connection is a connection. Right, right. Right. Okay. And we understand you're going to be okay. When they, when they look back, they're going to be like, yo, the first time I ever saw her was on Renegade. Lioness, that's right. right. So, so is, is, is it is it a, a fact that that Renegade Coach is your first podcast? Is that, yeah. that correct? Well, no, that's not true. I was uh, a student at Fort yeah, Valley State. State. I was a student at Fort Valley State University, so. Fort Valley, yes, HBCU? You know, okay. HBCU right. graduate. Um, I actually was a mass communications major. Okay. So I hey, naturally did, you know, podcasts yeah. and, 
you know, little YouTube skits and all of that. So I've done a few so and then. This is not a YouTube skit. No, 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 no. No, YouTube. I'm um, saying everything I got into. Calm down. He's like, he's aggressive. I'm like, my bad. My bad. She just told you what her history is, B. Right. Watch BC, And then also, after I graduated college, I had a show on Orange Room Radio. Um, it's an internet radio station. So I was doing that playing old school hip hop, you know, but didn't really full fledged get into it and then had my son. So I kind of yeah, fell yeah. back and got into the whole motherly thing. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. then came up with a creative way to express and myself. And, here and you I got am. a song that's going to be on an, uh, Be Creative Volume 2. Mm -hmm. I have a soon? few on um, Be Creative Volume 2. Mm -hmm. I have uh, American Dream Nightmare. That's with Black Poet and Neem. Mm -hmm. um, I have You. That's me and Neem. And then um, I'm featured on a couple of, you know, doing a little singing thing in the background. Okay. Yeah. All right. yeah. All right. All right. So you, and, and she said her second live performance is going to be May 16th. Yes. Second. Appreciation Week. Yes. Your second? The second. Because the okay. first one yeah. is? Renegade Culture. Right. Renegade right. Culture. There you go. Right. 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 Got me confused. It's that time. It's okay. That time. Uh -oh. All right, uh -oh. sister. So it's heavy. We got this thing called uh, Knock is Nonsense. Okay. And then we have a bold question. This is real China. Yeah. Okay. Lady in Virginia. Yeah, it's fast. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't be so fast. I'm, I got to do my skit. So okay. there's like a thousand questions up in here. A thousand. And we okay. need you just to pick one random question okay. that no one has ever seen before. So, you know, I'm going to tilt it that way. Don't, don't you cut your on. fingers. There's a whole lot of papers up there. Raffle, raffle, raffle. Is that one or is that two? You got it. You got it. Can you read that? Oh, what is the best concert you've been to? Okay. Mm. Right. Okay. Best concert. I would have to say, is it a concert or is it a? It was a festival. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, one music fest. Mm. Oh. Had, yeah, one music fest. It was Outcast. That's when the Dungeon Family Reunion yeah. happened. Yeah. That when the Dungeon Family Reunion. I saw Busta Rhymes. I saw Erica Badu. Right. I saw everybody, and I went by myself. Word. I went by myself, and I was just in the grass meeting people enjoying the music and you had to hop from stage to stage so yeah that i think hot. that was the best one i've been so to. you probably saw me there i i, I stage dived and shit everybody oh, said, carried me around for so long using the nosebleed seats you might have missed me but i was all up there i was like this they's like he's back we, we. Yeah. So just, if folks want to want to catch up your music, going to pick it up, where should they go? They follow you on on social media. Where can they do it? You can follow me on Instagram at the real dot lioness, the real period lioness. Um, Be creative, volume two, out on all outlets right now. Um, put in quotation mark. Be creative, and then you'll find it. You'll have access to everything. Gotta let you go to beauty. You. American Dream Nightmare and everything from All In Music Group. Also follow All In Music Group on Instagram as well. Damn, she did a real promo, bro. She's I mean, a real professional. She, I, mean, she, I like that. I like that. I mean, promo right. games on I know, I like that. I like that. You know what I'm saying? And this man, artist development is real. You know what I'm saying? Pick up the BC. BC. Super producer doing his thing. No doubt. BC, right BC okay. who did you make that check out to? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, when we come back, our artist Lioness is going to perform for us on Renegade Culture. Yeah. Blackout. Get familiar. Lioness. All in music group. Shout out to all my guys, man. You got me thinking what life could be with you and me This ain't pool dash shit Gonna start a you to do you feeling me to heal myself To do better, no more blues, yeah I'm wanting more better forever That word used to trigger me Used to look me as an enemy Cause they always had the tendency to sneak around But I was a merry-go-round I was all sin, I found you, you. 
true we ain't perfect nobody on earth's surface is healing figure out what my purpose is i have my flaws but you embrace them won't let me stay complacent take a lot but i had to face it sweat you yeah we on the renegade culture podcast man shout out to all in music group lioness yeah Help me see my potential Help me die first in the shit I'm into Sentimental, set, pick up the pencil Get it all out, put it on paper Show the people what you made of Don't sit around and just lay up Talk about investments, life goals The future, I'm the rider, you the shooter Never let that come to you The past and the peak through From time to time, communicate well Get back in line, so many losses And we celebrate our wins away Because of business, it is you I miss Never been more certain, see it through a clear eye lens Crazy, I fell in love with my best friend, I swear You Yeah Lioness, Lioness You Yeah Renegade Culture Podcast, man We here, we having fun with it Yeah